Is it storming where you're at? Yeah. Uh, it's not out here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, honestly, we might lose power. Who knows? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's windy and shit. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's jump into this. All right. Hey there, film buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I'm your uh, temporary host, Paul. What's up, everybody? I'm Nick. Back at it hey. again. There we go. And uh, we're going to uh, be continuing on kind of our theme from last week, um, which was uh, James Gunn. So uh, last week we covered his sort of big, you know, popular franchise films, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and the new release, The Suicide Squad. Uh, you can check that out, you know, of course, wherever you're listening to this, if you haven't already. Um, but uh, this week we're doing his early stuff. We're doing uh, his first directorial effort, uh, Slither. And then we're following that up with his weird first superhero movie, Super. Um, which I watched today for the first time, and boy, what a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched it last night. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, Man should be in jail. <laughs> um, so that's kind of uh, what we have on the slate for you. We're also going to talk about some news that's uh, come up recently, and we also will talk about some stuff that we've been watching. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into it. And we've got a, uh, a clip for Slither. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. When you marry someone, you promise to love them forever. Baby. No matter how much. They might change. Brian? Baby, what happened to your face? It's just a bee sting. From Universal Pictures. Great, is sick or something? Comes a film so shocking. Uh, we got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face of horror. Marriage is a sacred bond, for better or worse. Much worse. <laughs> All right, so Slither uh, came out in 2006. It runs an hour and 35 minutes. It's rated R. It is uh, written and directed by James Gunn, and it stars Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker, uh, Greg Henry, uh, Sean Gunn, and uh, it also has, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name, Pam from The Office. Jenna Fisher. There we go. Thank you. Uh, so, um, Slither is, you know, billed as a horror comedy, and it's definitely kind of like a send-up to um, movies like The Thing, you know, um, and some Cronenberg films. You know, he, he has talked about some of the influences of the film before. Um, and it was, you know, something that he was coming off the heels of having written the Scooby-Doo film, um, the first one. And he had also written a small film for a studio called Troma Studios. 
Um, but this was his first real sort of chance at the helm. Um, and Nick and I actually recently watched this one together for the first time. Nick, would you like to, to share your thoughts with the audience? Yeah, so, so out of the two movies we're talking about today, Slither and Super, I, I prefer Slither. Uh, I, I think Slither was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, it's very, you know, it's, you mentioned that he, he worked for a trauma studio. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, trauma is famous for their like really like B movie kind of low budget, uh, hyper violence, like, <laughs> uh, kind of schlock. Um, and, uh, you know, that influence I feel like has, you know, stuck with gun forever it's most obvious i guess in those first couple films like Slither and super um but it, it's still there it's still prevalent in guardians of the galaxy and obviously with the r rating for suicide squad um it's in it's in full blast there <laughs> yeah. for sure um yeah so slither uh first off i want to say that uh greg henry as the mayor in this movie is one of the funniest performances I've ever seen in my life <laughs> in any movie is he's, he's amazing. Um, uh, it, it was cool. I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's like amazing or anything, but it's, 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 it's fun. <laughs> Henry steals every scene that he's in. Yeah. It's the, main... it's the same in It's the same in the uh, super uh, Greg Henry's also in super. And I mean, he just, he shows everybody up <laughs> anytime he's yeah. on screen. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, you know, from his bigger stuff, uh, Greg Henry was the, the, the grandfather in Guardians of the Galaxy in the opening sequence with young Peter when he's with his mother in the hospital. Um, uh, but I think that he absolutely steals this whole thing. Um, yeah. You know, it's not often that you get to see Nathan Fillion really just get to be the lead in anything, you know, just full on authentically. Uh, yeah. anymore you, you know it's um shit no I, I talked about this when you're watching it i like that james gunn yeah there's always these filmmakers that really understand certain actors and how to use them so with james gunn you know you've got his brother sean gunn obviously um mm -hmm. and all of this stuff you've got michael rooker um michael uh michael rooker is this is my favorite michael rooker performance that i've seen out of his stuff also in slither um, he's he's so so good. <laughs> he plays the he plays basically he plays the the main villain. He becomes the guy that becomes uh, infected with the alien. He's the one that becomes the Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the parasite, whatever you want to yeah. call it, monster. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, uh, Nathan Fillion also in all of his stuff. Uh, Sylvester Stallone in most of it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's not in these first couple movies, but. Um, mm. And that said, um, I, I do love that Nathan Fillion is just like a, a straight man lead in this. Um, but it's also kind of like it's a very like square <laughs> character. Yeah. That, that, there's not much to Nathan Fillion's character in this movie. He's just he's he's the good guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> sort of the straight man of the whole movie. You know, he. He gets his zingers in there every once in a while, of course, because he is the lead. He has to. Um, yeah. But he he bears the brunt of having to try and be like the likable shucksy doodle sheriff kind of. Yeah. Um, but I think he actually manages to pull it off. You know, I think this is before there was kind of that um, 
that persona of him is almost like a pseudo Shatner kind of figure, you know, from all of his arrogant mm-hmm. roles that he played and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And so this is before all that. And I think he does a great job. Um, I think he does a great job with it. Michael Rooker does a tremendous job. Um, you know, something, something funny is that Michael, the Michael Rooker's character's name is Grant Grant. <laughs> his first name is Grant and his last name is Grant. oh god this is why you know sometimes it's it's funny to read a script because so rarely like a character's full name gets said or written down and there are oftentimes like little jokes and puns and things like that um scattered all throughout actually um several of the names if i'm not mistaken are meant to be like easter eggs um i think it's uh, I think it's the mayor's name is like the combination of two Kurt Russell character names. Um, so no, I Jack think Mc- that it's Jack McReady. <laughs> ridiculous. It's, it's a ridiculous movie. It's, it's very, very gross. Uh, there's like crazy body horror. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's incredibly practical, you know, like this is a movie yeah. back in 2006. So they're having to do things a lot more practically. Mm. Um, and it really pays off. Everything feels dripping and gross and nasty and disgusting. Um, it look, looks great. It, it really, it really looks great. Uh, there's, apparently- there wasn't any real effect in the movie where I was like, you know, that didn't age well or that looks iffy. I think it looks great. I was looking at uh, the director's commentary on, um, I I didn't get to get this movie on disc. I really wanted to, but I couldn't get it in time. Um, And so I was reading up on the director's commentary that's in the the Shout Factory limited release. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... It's apparently like the the deer thing that attacks Nathan Fillion. That's mm-hmm. like his least favorite practical effect of the whole movie. Because it was like difficult to do or just because they don't like because it? Because of how it turns out. Uh, James Gunn thinks that it just looks terrible. Oh. Um, oh. He thinks that it looks like a weird Muppet. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but, you know, I think that for the most part, everything looks great. You know, it's, it yeah. is gross. And it obviously does have that kind of like David Cronenberg aesthetic, you know, like the fly and, and stuff like that, where it's this gross... Oh, some thunder going on. Yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's it's really storming over here, folks. Who knows? There we're might just be getting it, we're, <laughs> we're just getting in the mood. It's a horror movie. Yeah, that's right. Um and honestly on the next on a certain level, so is the next one. Um but mm, I think maybe that, more so. Yeah. I think that the movie did great. Um, you know, unfortunately it had a budget of about 15 million um and globally it only grossed about 12 million on release so it definitely was like a wah wah at the box office um yeah it's it's hard to sell both this and super and um i know we'll get into super later super did even worse at the box office yeah but (laughs) um but uh the both of those movies are very hard sell to general audiences. Um, I was reading up on, you know, on Slither and it just said like, especially at that time in 2006, horror comedies just were not a really prevalent thing at the moment. Um, 
and you know, 2006, this is like the saw era. This is the post nine 11, like torture porn, mm-hmm. like extreme dour kind of stuff. So something like slither, which is a lot goofier <laughs> and gross, not, not really in like, it's, it's not like hyper realistic violence, you know, or mm-hmm. horror. It's, it's just like nasty, <laughs> nasty yeah. gooey stuff. What's so interesting, you know, you mentioned that horror, horror comedy wasn't as prevalent at the time. Um, what's you know, 2004 is Shaun of the Dead. And so yeah. well, that's also a different, uh, but that being the UK and everything. True. Um, um, but, you know, well, that's a good point. That, yeah, it, it, just didn't hit a, it, it just didn't hit a certain zeitgeist, you know, it just managed it, it to shot- like, miss out. Shaun of the is Shaun of the Dead rated R? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got so, I got nothing then. So Slither's know, no something. Slither's fun, but it, it it's no Shaun of the Dead. So, I mean, no. so there's that as well. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, Shaun of the Dead is a very specific type of experience, and it's very carefully curated and cultivated. You know, not saying that that Slither wasn't to a certain extent but also you know he apparently did pick the the people that he ended up going into work with for distribution and production because they mm-hmm. were willing to give him a full budget and, and give him you know the time that he needed to or you know to to get started on it immediately yeah um so he was definitely working on this you know pretty quickly um so you know it, it unfortunately didn't end up working out um but I think that it's definitely obviously had cult classic sort of status, which I think is also why um, Shout Factory ended up doing their sort of special release is because it has sort of hit that cult acclaim. Mm-hmm. I, I think also, I think both Slither and Super are both on uh, Amazon Prime Video right now. Um, I know Super is. I, I watched yeah. Super last night on Amazon Prime Video. So you <laughs> um, can check like right now and it will tell me no it's not i lied to you guys slither's not on there sorry you gotta pay to watch slither super's free right now <laughs> um but i think i think it's great overall you know i even think um you know i think elizabeth jo- uh, banks does a good job here you know um i can sometimes find her a little bit more distracting a presence but again this is kind of you know earlier elizabeth banks where um you know, she sort of blends in a little bit better to the to the whole thing. You, you know, to to add on to that, also, um, <laughs> this slither apparently takes place in South Carolina, and and we noted that those accents are are not <laughs> South yeah. Carolinian. Yeah, let me tell um, you what. <laughs> and Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks uh, is the more predominant because you know Michael Rooker. At least that's like kind of just his natural voice. Yeah, that's just sort of Michael. <laughs> just how he talks. He doesn't uh, change Nathan, how he speaks. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan Fillion's accent is a little subtler. Uh, Elizabeth Banks has to really go for it, and it kind it kind of like goes away. Or I just I don't know. Maybe I just got used to it, but I feel like it kind of went away as the movie kept going. Right at the final thoughts moment. So Nick, what are your what are your final takeaway notes? You know, if you had to tell listeners one final thing about Slither. A, a final thing about Slither. Um, to first off, it's this is gonna be two things. <laughs> Sorry, 
Well, I, I already mentioned, um, but I, I think it's pretty fun. Um, it, it, I think it does need mentioning that there are some, yeah, you know, I don't want to say dated cause it's still like, it's just, just not all right. <laughs> There's still some, uh, some jokes at like the expense of others is that like, you know, they, uh, what do we call it? Like they hit low or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that right. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, off color humor perhaps might be a good way to put it or, um, yeah, you know, I mean, like the, the easy use of humor. The, the, yeah, the, the easiest term is like offensive, but that the word offensive has become like such like a loaded, like, oh, you're offended, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of lost its meaning. No, I get to that. To me, at least. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I, I can't remember any specifics. The, the more specific ones I remember are in Super, which we'll talk yeah. about in a, in a minute. It's yeah, much let worse. Let me tell you, if, if there is anything in, in Slither that, that is, you know, sort of offensive or sometimes I say hasn't aged well. Yeah. Um, uh, buckle up for super. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so. Okay. I, I, you're, you, yeah. Your final thoughts on, on Slither. I think Slither um, does a great job of, of doing exactly what it wants to do. James Gunn clearly wanted to make a movie that was exactly like the movies that he enjoyed growing up watching and in particular the the creature movies the sort of you know something from out of space you know some some parasite or what have you you know that infects and spreads and causes mayhem and is this sort of bodily grotesque thing um and that's clearly what he wanted to do and he absolutely hit it out of the park you know like it it sort of ended up coming, he did it so well that it ended up coming with a lot of the baggage of that genre as well. You know, it's not like he really wrote his way out of some of the tropes of that genre. Um, yeah. But it's a really great experience and like it's it's a great example of that kind of movie and also shows that like it still holds up even now as filmmaking. Yeah, you know, as, as like a, a small add-on everything, this is a, this is a spoiler if it's okay to mention a spoiler. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like that they, he at least, you know, in a number of ways, he like keeps things unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even, even if it plays out, you know, kind of standard on the whole, they're like small beats that um, I feel like are different that can still catch you off guard, you know? So in, in particular with that, um, I like the setup with the grenade. Yeah. Um, how, how he's like, oh, they have this grenade. Like, you know, remember that they have the grenade. I'm sure that I'll come back. And, and it does. And then it's like <laughs> rendered completely useless. Like you, you think, oh, the grenade's going to be the thing that saves the day. That's going to be what blows up the monster. Um, and instead, you know, <laughs> it is not at all. No, not at all. Not even remotely. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Kind of, you know, that kind of joke. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, a long con. Is- that great reversal, you know? Yeah. Um, so out of five, Nick, what would you give Slither? Uh, I'd probably give Slither a three. I don't know if that sounds harsh, but three is, to me, it's good. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I'll give it a four. Uh, I mean, it, know, it does, I, it's like you said, it, it does what it is trying to do. 
Yeah. And that's what it's and all about. It's also a great movie to watch with others, especially like, you know, people who maybe aren't familiar oh. with it or something like that. It's a. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely recommended that you watch this with a friend or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Some substances, so... you know. <laughs> Uh, moving on, our our next movie for you is uh, James Gunn's Super, which came out uh, I think four years later. Um, yeah. But we do have a clip, so take a listen. I knew I was losing her. Excuse me, have you seen my wife? I don't think she wants to see you anymore. Sarah! Don't touch my car again. I'm going. That's not the kind of touching I meant. Jock, he stole my wife. Can you arrest him? Sometimes it's better just to accept these things. <laughs> Batman. Battering, pipe bombs, utility belts. Utility uh, belts. Green Arrow has a bow and arrow. Okay. Why do you need all those? I'm making up my own superhero. He needs a weapon. That'll do. All it takes to be a superhero is the choice to fight evil. So, like I said, uh, Super came out in 2010, uh, written and directed by James Gunn, uh, and it stars Rain Wilson, Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon, Greg Henry again, Michael Rooker again, uh, Sean Gunn, with uh, cameos by Linda Cardellini and Nathan Fillion, who were also, uh, you know, multiple-time collaborators of, of Gunn. So, yeah. uh, I guess you started on Slither. Yes. I guess I'll start on on Super. Sure. Do, do we want to... Do we ever, like, outline, like, the plot? Um, sure. Like we can. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, Henry normally does that. I completely forgot to do that for Slither. I'll have to figure out how to do that. So super. <laughs> um, thank you, Nick. That's very yeah, helpful. You're welcome. Um, so super is about Frank Darbo, uh, a man whose wife falls under the influence of a drug dealer, uh, and he transforms himself into the Crimson Bolt a superhero with the best intention, but lacking in heroic skills. That's some of the official synopsis. Um, that is, that's <laughs> under, that's underselling things quite a bit. That is. As, as to what this thing is. That's maybe, I think one of the most hysterically <laughs> underselling it uh, synopses I've ever heard ever, ever read yeah. ever. Um, that makes it sound like a very bad poor man's copy of Kick-Ass and like I guess to a certain extent kind of but like this movie goes yeah, off this, the rails the, the, this movie got compared it came out around the same time I don't remember what time exactly Kick-Ass came out but obviously there were comparisons to Kick-Ass um, in that it's two movies about like oh what if someone like really tried to become a superhero you know that doesn't have any superpowers like in the in the quote unquote real, real world <laughs> Yeah. Um, what would it be like? You know, and it's they're both hyper violent. Also. Yeah. Um, um, but this one, I would say more, more so than the than the Kick Ass movie is more like the Kick Ass comic, where things instead of turning out well, 
have pretty much every dire, sad, <laughs> horrific outcome come to fruition yeah. that could possibly happen for a lot of these characters along the way. Yeah, you know, it, it's weird because uh, I, I like uh, Kick-Ass quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, never, I've never actually seen the second one, but I do like that first. From what I remember, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember liking Kick-Ass a lot. And when those characters would like get hurt, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it was like very, very serious. Yeah. Um, this movie, you know, it kind of has that. I, I don't, it's not quite as compelling to me. No. Um, be, I guess because it is a bit more absurd. <laughs> yeah, and, so and off the rails and unhinged. It's not there had you know, to, to. There had to have been some kind of not fantastic drug on that set. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to to give a little context, uh, Frank Rain Wilson, the lead's journey. You know, it's not just that he becomes a, a sort of good guy superhero. What ends up happening is he becomes truly like a he he is a, a like a mentally unwell man. Like he's he's troubled. He's prone to visions, and um, he's had a very traumatic life leading up to this point. And essentially, like you start a lot of the movie in this kind of fun, darkly funny space where you're watching this guy do the kind of things that you would expect from the premise promised man fights crime you know and you watch rain wilson tackle a drug dealer and try and beat him up and and not do it well and then you see him use a wrench for context most of the time he uses a a a wrench just just straight up just smacks people in the face um and and it it does what would happen if you got smacked in the face with a metal wrench Yeah, and, um, you know, for a large part of it, especially during that montage of when he's first using the wrench and beating people up, you see a little bit of of the damage done, but it's done in this way that's very heroic montage and you don't really quite exactly see what the aftermath and the damage is on everyone. And then the movie takes a real turn for me. The moment that I knew that this was going to a different place was probably like the line butter scene where he goes and spoilers, I guess, follow ahead yeah. a little bit from here. Yeah. But there's no way to talk about this movie without the spoilers. Like no, we gotta there's not. You have, to, you have to talk about the whole pie here. So if you care at all about spoilers. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, about super. And don't listen. Me, let me let me put like how about how about we do this um my general overall review of of super is this without getting into spoilers i think it is a deranged weird fantastical little look into this man's mind and where he was at at a very particular time in his life um and i also think that it's funny in its own way and it's very compelling and it has a lot of good and interesting things to dissect and look at and discuss. Um, but it is not for everyone. It's for about one in 10 people. <laughs> if, if that I, all right, my, my little piece then before we just get straight into spoilers, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought super was very funny. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's as funny. It might be as funniest. Um, some stuff is just so <laughs> hilarious to me in those first two acts. The third act is really when it started to lose me 
and I, I feel like it kind of loses itself. Um, and it, it's definitely like the kind of it's to me it's like an immature almost like a juvenile it's probably the better word uh, the kind of humor that he goes for sometimes I feel like is unnecessary and I, I don't it when it comes to like slurs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, for me, it has to like really fit in the context of the character and, and the story being told there. And I think both in Slither, Slither's still a little less so, but it is there, um, but definitely in Super throughout. There's just like that kind of meanness to it, mm-hmm. um, which granted fits in with the very mean world that Super mm-hmm. takes place in, you know, the mean real world. Um, but I, I don't feel like some things don't... Uh, serve as much of a purpose you know they're just there to be like ooh. <laughs> no i definitely get that um so um, have... <laughs> go ahead super super I, i'd give it like two and a half okay it it, it doesn't I, I don't it doesn't follow through we have to get into spoilers really to to really uh justify anything <laughs> yeah um i'll i'll say i'll give it a I'll give it a two and a half as well, if only because it is incredibly crass at times in just sort of breathtaking ways. Um, yeah. And there's just no getting over that. And also I do think that the the ending kind of does chicken out just a little bit. So um, with that out of the way, jumping into spoilers. So the moment that it turned yeah. for me was the moment that you hit the line butter scene and it's broad daylight, and he clubs this guy who just cut line in the head. And then we get this, like, two, three-second shot of, like, the, the aftermath in broad daylight, you yeah. know, in this street. You just see it, and suddenly the, the graphic violence kind of really starts to take, like, a very different turn, where instead of it being almost splat sticky funny kind of humor almost it, it, into like it is it is legitimately shocking yeah <laughs> it is it is like mouth agape <laughs> it is like mouth agape um you know and it, it kind of this is where he attempts all these things of like you know for lack of a better term again like dissecting the superhero genre mm-hmm. and the superhero story and everything because now it can enter into like oh like again this is something that could happen you know if someone were to just go around beating up criminals they could inadvertently kill one and in this case even better you know kill one uh just by being like annoyed you know like yeah. this someone who <laughs> it, it's it's always arguable whether the other people you know even like the the like the rapists or the other people that he beats up um deserve to be clubbed with a <laughs> with a wrench yeah. But you know the, this this in particular like he's a jerk but you you obviously cannot just go smack some dude square in the head <laughs> square and then he in turns the face and he hits, a, hits his girlfriend right in the face as well yeah oh yeah yeah um and this fall later you know when he shoots someone where that he gets in a scuffle with two other guys and a gun is dropped and uh, I, I think the other guy is unarmed. Like, like the, the, or at least the fight is clearly over. This is when Sean Gunn gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fight seems like clearly over, and he, you know, then he shoots him. Yeah. Then he's, you know, even horrified by 
you know, Elliot Page's performance. Um, <laughs> this is one of my, one of the most memorable Elliot Page performances you'll ever yeah. see in your entire yeah, I, life. I think it's genuinely my favorite in, in a movie that I honestly don't recommend <laughs> that much. I don't know. Again, it's a very specific person. But we'll find something oh, yeah. in this that they like. Uh, but if you're just a huge Elliot Page fan, then yeah, um, this is absolutely an insane character. Um, well, and, and um, it's 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 cool because it's not that way right off the bat. <laughs> no, and like this for me, I was talking with my wife about it. This for me is probably. Um, pretty close to how like Joker and Harley Quinn are supposed to almost feel on a certain level. She's supposed to come across as like, you know, incredibly normal, this character yeah. that Elliot plays. Lib- Libby? Liddy? L- Libby, I think. Okay. So the, the Libby character, she's meant to come across as like this very tame comic book store uh, worker. And um, the moment that she starts interacting with Frank Darbo's character, the Frank Darbo character, Rain Wilson's character, the two, like, she just completely comes undone. And Elliot Page leans all the way into how insane this character is. Yeah, this character, like, legitimately, like, screams and cackles. um, Yeah. Gets extreme joy out of killing people or (laughs) genuinely just messing people up. Yeah. Um, um, and besi- besides that has a lot of other issues. Yeah, is is just truly deranged uh, and is like a pathological liar, you know? Yeah, um, uh, like a, a, almost a gaslighter at times. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally goes through like every kind of uh, bargaining. <laughs> yeah. To, and take, like, to, get what, to get what they want. I honestly see why why Elliot Page took the part. Apparently, um, Rain Wilson gave the script to uh, to him, and mm-hmm. he went through it and read it, and apparently, absolutely was like gung ho for doing the part. Oh, sure, yeah. I completely see why it was it was completely yeah. the reversal of everything um, else that that Elliot had done at the time. For sure, you know, and going off of that, uh, Rain Wilson is also fantastic. He's fantastic in everything. I think like everything I see him and he's just so yeah. good. Um, this is definitely a pretty notable performance. Um, um, he said apparently that he really wanted to make sure that, cause this was right when the office was popular for him. Mm-hmm. And um, he apparently wanted to make sure that no one was feeling like this was Dwight Schrute. And I think yeah. that he hits that mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy movie. You know, it's it and it, 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 it ends on like a sentimental note. Yeah. To me, the, I I to me to me I don't know how much of that is earned. I feel I feel parts of it are, I feel other parts of it aren't. Um, I don't understand the Liv Tyler character that much. I think I I don't understand how Kevin Bacon like took her away because, you know, they kind of hint at, I thought the story was kind of be one of those, like, oh, he has to learn the harsh lesson. Like she legitimately doesn't want to be with him. But then they show like, no, actually legitimately, like this woman is, I guess she was kidnapped and is like kept drugged. 
So I think what happened is like she did legitimately leave him, but then she was getting. I think that he realized that she did have a sort of weakness for drugs and alcohol and was kind of exploiting that and using her as a tester of certain things. And so then what ends up happening is, you know, even though they were still together when um, the guy comes at the end, since he wanted her, Kevin Bacon was willing to give her up for the deal. And so then, um, you know, of course the, things proceed from there um but that's kind of what her overall like thing is i guess and the whole thing is you know she's a she's a former addict and she still does eventually like leave him leave him but i agree with you i think that that sentimental ending really comes out of nowhere Um, yeah especially after how deranged the finale is before that and i know that like that, that 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 kind of like swing can work i don't think it does as effectively as it could in this no, I think that for me, this probably had some of the issue that you had with nobody where um, it feels like, um, you know, the, the third act sort of cleans it up too nicely, you know, right there yeah. at, the, at the very, very end. And there's yeah. no real lingering consequences for this revenge fantasy that ends up getting carried out that's like a psychotic break that this person has. Yeah, I, I like. I'm. I'm not sure what it is exactly he wants to say with this movie. It, it it feels like he starts to say several things, but I don't feel like they wrap up in a way that like concludes like what exactly are you concluding here? <laughs> you know no, yeah. about about vigilantism and male revenge, male power fantasies, and you know, everything he's trying to tackle. Yeah, and about people with, you know, mental health issues and all of these other things that you kind of bring up and Yeah. And I know that like the body of the cop got like cleaned up, but like he still should have been like <laughs> someone should have still noticed that there was a missing cop, you know, like that's a Isn't he like the chief? Um is it you're talking about the Greg Henry character? Yeah. 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 Well, it doesn't even matter. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. he was like a regular cop or not. <laughs> yeah. And it just sort of completely goes away. Like, you know, I know again that they got rid of the body or whatever, but he still left. Yeah. There should still be, you know, outstanding paperwork because um, he also never took he, the. He is hilarious in the scene where the first time he comes to check. Uh, yeah. Was it Frank's house? Yeah. <laughs> Very funny scene. Um, no, he's he's great here as he is in Slither, uh, and I, I think Kevin Bacon is fantastic in this. Also, he's cracking me up like right off the bat. <laughs> just he's playing just like a sleaze ball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get much more complicated than that. <laughs> but but he's it's fun. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I think that a two and a half is probably fair on that one. Um, yeah. It's interesting, you know, to just to talk about James Gunn overall. Um, Guardians movies and the Suicide Squad are definitely his best movies. Um, yeah. And going back, going back and watching those two, it's interesting to see he like he definitely matured. I think age definitely helped him. Age and I guess more experience. No, for sure. Um, 
And I, I think that he ended up really leveling out. And I think that he would even say that he ended up really leveling out and sort of maturing. And that both of these movies came from like a time where I'm not sure that he even now feels as comfortable with who he was. Yeah. Um, at the time. There, there's still like that darker, you know, there's still a bit of edginess, even in Disney movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, it still kind of has some bite to it. Yeah. Um, and the, I get, the Suicide Squad, it, it gets to all be there um, for the most part. Um, and again, like all, all three, both Guardians movies and the Suicide Squad um, tackle a lot of different subjects. But in all three of those movies, I feel like um, they feel more followed through. Yeah. Which, which is something that I wasn't. Slither, I'm not sure. I'm not sure <laughs> what Slither's about, if not just like a good time. It, it doesn't have to be about anything, you know. I mean, it might not be. Um, Super is the one that, like, like I said, goes for a lot, and I feel like can't quite figure it out by the end. Yeah, um, but I feel like that's a problem he fixed for himself as a storyteller. No, undoubtedly, I think that that's all really fair. So, for our last bit of the uh, the discussion, um, I thought that I would bring up a, a little bit of news. So, the first thing that I wanted to mention was the new or the final. Uh, Eternals trailer dropped. Did you watch it? Uh, I have seen clips. I have not watched the whole thing. It's okay. You know, um, it, it does what <laughs> typical Marvel second trailers do, which is, you know, like explain a lot of the plot. Um, yeah. The big thing that this one really sums up is the whole, like, why they haven't been in previous movies yeah. before, which is, you it, know, it some does. ancient rule. <laughs> Doesn't it doesn't it suck when they have to explain that? Like sometimes I prefer like they just like don't don't even worry about it. Yeah, literally who gives a who gives a rip? They didn't. <laughs> yeah. They were living their lives. They had other it's all to you, do. It's all good. Some sometimes you just gotta go with it. You can have like an in canon explanation for sure, but like it doesn't because they made those movies first. I'm sorry. That that's why. That's yeah. why they didn't help. <laughs> Um, but I think it looks good. You know, I'm looking forward to it. They, they're Richard Madden is supermanning really hard. Yeah. I, I love Chloe Zhao. So yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see what she does with a Marvel movie. Um, the other, of course, bit of news that I wanted to share was the, the, uh, yesterday it was, I guess now, um, mm. as of recording the centennial birthday for, if he were with us, Gene Roddenberry, <laughs> the man that made Star Trek. Uh, turned 100 nasa did a big event um done in in conjunction with the roddenberry foundation that was hosted by george takai um that had some nasa astronauts and it was a sort of celebration of his his life and his legacy and star trek's impact on um some of the things that get developed today you know because star trek was so forward thinking with its technology um and then the last thing that I wanted to to bring up, did you hear about the Val Kilmer thing? Uh, I just know that he has a documentary about him that I think is already out. Okay. So the new there's this new Val Kilmer documentary out. Val Kilmer, for those of you who don't know, has been battling cancer in a very serious battle for several years now and has recently lost the ability to speak. So he went and he wrote... Um, a narration script for this documentary 
and his son read it and then they used ai technology to sort of create an audio deepfake overlay on his son's performance to make him sound like val kilmer yeah that's um (laughs) (laughs) i mean that that's cool yeah Um, so weird it's it's recently you know i think it's contrasted, I think, against um, a recent bit of news that reminded me of this, which was the the Anthony Bourdain controversy over the yeah, new documentary yeah. there. Um, yeah, very similar. Where, for those of you who don't know, the documentarians did, like, it's only, I think, three lines of dialogue in the final cut of the film mm-hmm. that are AI-generated Anthony Bourdain voice, since Anthony Bourdain, of course, is no longer with us. Um, so it's i think the the difference for me here is that val kilmer is still alive and was still able to like author the words and choose what right. was it's, said. It's, it, it's the consent it's the matter mm-hmm. of consent um anthony bourdain is not here to say you can do that <laughs> yeah um and val kilmer is so and you can tell me that that bourdain would have wanted it as much as you want but yeah you know, going going off of that, have you heard the Bruce Willis news? No. <laughs> okay, so Bruce Willis has been uh, licensing, I guess, his like like deep fakes of him for like Russian commercials or something like that, <laughs> or like some like like Russian film projects, like straight up, oh, straight no. up pure artificial Bruce Willis performance. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. Um, Bruce, no. And of, cor- and of course, there's all the jokes that are like that they're livelier than his performances have been in years. You know, I'm sure. Well, when you're at the stage that you're like, yeah, I'm comfortable with just giving my face away. Yeah. Fuck it. You know. Yeah, and you hear there are like stories of people who have like made movies recently with him, and they're just like, "Yeah, I never saw the dude. He'd come in and like do his bit, and then like peace." <laughs> yeah. Well, um, apparently he wanted like three million dollars for two days of shooting for Expendables, uh, three. Yeah. Or or two, two, I think it was, and that's why he's out in. Or no, he's there in two. It's three that he's out. They apparently he was apparently wanted for like you know two days of shooting and it was it was three million dollars was his asking fee and they were like we're just gonna get this support (laughs) that's funny yeah um i i I mean he's he's just doing whatever he wants i guess (laughs) i guess i don't know weird guy yeah i don't know him per i don't know him personally i doubt i ever will (laughs) i don't know him personally and (laughs) Based on the outside, the man is an enigma to me. <laughs> it's pretty strange. So, you know, it's so bizarre. He was he was a pretty straightforward celebrity and actor for what he was. I, to me, he Bruce Willis was yeah. very complicated. Um, now it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird now. I don't get the man even by by any metric of of understanding him, and and I don't understand where the actor went either. You know. I don't know. You'd have to ask him, I guess. I think that he would be... Sh- I think that he would yell at me if I asked him that question. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, constantly intimidating as well. 
Yeah. And apparently he, <laughs> apparently, you know, according to at least Kevin Smith, I guess he likes to cultivate that atmosphere as well. Fantastic. Yeah, everyone so. like everyone works best under fear. <laughs> as, as everyone knows, it, it produces just the, the best results. Incredible results, really. Yep. Um, well, uh, Nick, would you like to would you like to share some picks of the week, or would you like to share some of what you've been doing independently on some of your other uh, sites and stuff like that? Um, I'll do a little bit of both. Um, sure. I'll talk about some some movies I saw recently. Um, uh, first off, there's The Green Knight, which I liked a lot. One of those movies that utterly confused me. Great throughout. Uh, gorgeous looking, brilliantly acted. Um, had I needed like two days to think on it, and then I was like, I kind of really, really like this. <laughs> um, so Green Knight is great. Uh, watch it wherever you can. I don't care. <laughs> you can pirate it for all I care. I, I hope that you would. If it's safe for you to go see it in the theater, that's how I'd recommend. It's how I recommend all movies. But I think it's about yeah. to come out on digital. Okay, well then, don't worry about it. There's there's COVID about. Um, yeah. So okay, Green Knight, uh, the Suicide Squad. We already talked about. Saw it. Pretty good. Um, how about um? Oh, I watched a movie called a uh, Greenland. Okay. It's a disaster disaster movie starring uh, Gerard Butler. That came out last year. I love disaster movies so much. <laughs> Was this um, one good? Greenland's pretty good, dude. Um, okay. Gr- Gr- Greenland's about uh, there's uh, like a meteor shower base, like a bunch of comets are coming to hit Earth, begin striking Earth, um, and there's nothing they can do about it. So it's kind of like uh, these people have like knowledge that they're all going to die. They're like. Um, Basically, there's going to be like small, like comets that will wipe out whole cities, um, and then eventually, like a planet-killing one, <laughs> will hit. So everyone panics, trying to find like a safe place, and the the government issues like passage, like you know, it shows up on these people's phones and on their TV at home and everything. Um, it tells them to to go to like the nearest air force base and you'll be taken to safety and they do this based on like their occupations i guess um doesn't really matter so there's like a conflict you have like a chunk of the population that's been chosen and like it it, it's not able to be kept a secret (laughs) um that like in safe passage and all the rest of the people are just like well you know i want to live too obviously um it's pretty heroine stuff. Gerard Butler, his wife, and their kid. And just like a lot of bad stuff happens to them. That's not really in relation to like the greater disaster. If you're looking for like, you know, like like the comets wiping out cities and big kind of spectacle. There, there is that, but it's not the focus. It's not the predominant thing. Um, it's more about the experiences of these characters, like in the last days of the planet. <laughs> kind of like the the later part of like 28 days later where it becomes like then with the military base and, and that kind of thing and it's less yeah. about the the zombie horde 
yeah it's 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 more of like a road trip movie um okay there yeah it, it's it's so some parts are kind of like generic or you know i see where this is going blah 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 but um very good gerard butler is great uh, i think we i think a lot of people forget gerard butler is a pretty fantastic actor <laughs> yeah i think it's because he's he, he has a bad ratio of like good movies and, and not so great movies yeah um and a lot of his he, worst stuff is the stuff that gets the most publicity exactly yeah his like his blockbusters like his smash mm-hmm. hits are like wah <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a good movie i'd recommend that okay and what i'm doing in my other life just go to notfest.com or go to endelgadio.com or both and also discussingfilm.com read all my stuff there <laughs> uh, and I'll, i'm always I'll... reviewing movies and doing a weekly streaming thing Guide. I'll make sure to put links to all of Nick's uh, uh, sites and everything in the uh, in the show notes and, and and that sort of thing as well. For sure, folks. Um, okay, well, okay. So I'm I'm trying to remember when I recorded with Henry last. Um, it was right before he left. I don't know if I brought up that I had watched Friday the 13th. I watched Friday the 13th. If I already mentioned that last week, I apologize. Um, it's okay. How exciting. I like that movie. Yeah, the first Friday the 13th is Good. great. Um, it was Good Lauren's movie. first time watching it. Um, she really sweet. liked it. Um, Solid stuff. Yeah, and, and we watched it on Friday the 13th. That was why we <laughs> watched it, was for the, for the holiday. Um, and then um, we also watched um, Infinity War recently uh, okay. for a date night. And it was a great time. Um, I still really enjoy Infinity War a lot. I think it's great. Um, there's a, here in Charlotte, everybody, there's a place called Heist Brewery. And they have a. They used to have like a buffet brunch. They still do brunch, but not a buffet anymore for obvious reasons. But it used to be a lunch uh, buffet, lunch buffet, brunch buffet. And I'd go there pretty often with uh, my parents. And they would always be doing a double feature of Black Panther and Infinity War. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it, it, it would just be on throughout throughout me eating. Um, it, it, it's fantastic Sunday morning Black Panther <laughs> Infinity War double feature. I mean, why not? It'd be on. Sometimes it'd be like a live band playing, and <laughs> but on but on the screens is the Battle of Wakanda. The, yeah, both battle both battles of Wakanda. <laughs> You're watching the anime fight that is the the Thanos versus everyone <laughs> sure. on Titan fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think it's great. I think it's such a fun movie. Um, in some ways, I think it might be it might be my my favorite of the Avengers films on a certain level, just because it is like, dude, it's so fun because that movie just goes. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's it it's, it never lets up. It it's not a slow movie in the slightest. So much fun, so cool. Yeah. A lot of character, a lot of characters get highlighted that don't normally get highlighted. Yeah, and the um, pairings of characters are great. It's just a really well done movie. Gorgeous looking yeah great movie so um so gorgeous looking and then we also re rewatched ant-man and the wasp um yeah which is fine 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll write like a letterbox review that probably fleshes out more of my opinion on it. But essentially my general thought is this, like no knock on Peyton Reed. I think Peyton Reed is a, is a great director. I've seen some of his other stuff that isn't superhero stuff, like bring it on and down with love. And I really enjoy him. But I think that a lot of that first movie was Edgar Wright. And this has a lot of sequelitis where we break up the couple again and we repeat some of the gags again and we do some of the things again. And I also feel like it lacks some of the creativity with the usage of the ants. It does some really cool stuff with the shrinky tech, which is fun. Yeah, and now now growing on top of it. Yeah. Um, But yes, I, I agree. It doesn't feel quite as creative again, because we already know a lot of it. Um, doesn't get weird enough. It's one that should have started to get weird because I guess the third one, Quantum Mania, is it's going to be, be wild, apparently, yeah. It's going to be crazy for all we know. <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, you know, definitely, it, it feels a little more generic than the first one. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I was talking with my wife about it, and I think that the way that you fix that movie is is you essentially have to make it to where Carapadian, this was my idea. Carapadian is already a security contract they've secured, and that's the Walton Gogan's character. And they're now having to heist the same thing that Ghost is trying to heist, and we just do like a heist off. You know, we already did a one person heist in the second movie. If you wanted to do like true sequel rules, then we just should have doubled down and made it like a good guy heist team and a bad guy heist team. yeah, for sure. Focused <laughs> up the narrative a little bit more. It just seems a little unfocused, like just across the board. What the does, hell is any yeah. of it about? <laughs> uh, that that's uh, what the post credit scene is like. A, oh. Yeah, <laughs> so so good, so good. Yeah. That killed in in the theater. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't dislike it. It's just it's very like it's okay. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much all that I've watched lately. Oh, I mean, I watched What If. I've been watching What If. I prefer I the haven't cap- seen What If yet. I prefer the first episode to the second one, if only mm-hmm. because I think the second one for me, my big issue that I have is that the character that it's you know centered on, and and not to give you I guess anything too specific, I feel like they they don't really grow what it would have been like for that character to grow up in that environment organically. I see. You know of the What If scenario that they that they postulate. It's like, yeah. oh, we essentially still got the exact same character, but here. That's, you know, it's funny that that's partly what I saw people complain about with the first episode also. It's like, what, what, if, what, what if Peggy Carter was, was Captain America or Captain you know, Britain in this case? Yeah. Um, it's like, essentially, it's the same character as like Steve Rogers would have been, but it's just Peggy. I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I mean, but but uh, yeah, I see what you're saying about the second. We we can talk more about like we can do a whole what if episode at some sure. point, but but for me, I I much prefer the first to the second. Okay. Um, that's about it for me. Do you have anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Um, wear a mask, get yeah, vaccinated. There it is. Um, Give me that filthy stuff. Yeah, don't just stay safe (laughs) to the best of your ability, folks. I second that fully.
we we're not all in this together, but we're also not completely alone. I don't think so. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, day I by day, I like that. Day by day, everybody. Um. Well, you know, if if there's anything that I, I guess would like to say, you know, um, I, I would like to speak to one dear listener. I hope who's out there right now, Henry. I miss you. Come back. But beyond that, this... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it it was a weird first time to sort of host without Henry. You know, I'm sure, sure that I'm going to yeah. get more into the hang of it. Um, please send us questions. If you sent us one and I missed it, I apologize. I'm still kind of learning some of the ropes of managing it all on my own. Um, you did great. Thank you. Uh, and so we'll be next week bringing you, hopefully I need to double check with, um, with everything to make sure that it's all set up. But next week we actually should be doing a special Shaun of the Dead episode, uh, where we're going to have writer Clark Collis joining us, who is going, he, he's got a book coming out called You've Got Red on You, which is a written history of the making of Shaun of the Dead from the people that made Shaun of the Dead. And cool. yeah, it's, it's going to be a big deal. Edgar Wright has read it. He apparently loves it. So I reached out to Clark and hopefully we're going to be able to have him on the show next week. Nice. Um, and if not that, then you can go and you can check out on all of our social media, the content calendar that I recently posted. And if it isn't Clark Collis's you've got red on you, then it'll be kind of new. Uh, where we're going to do the old Candyman movie and the Adjustment Bureau. So That's an interesting pair. Yeah, it's it's for the upcoming Candyman movie and Reminiscing. Yeah, the, whatever uh, it's called. The, Reminiscing. <laughs> the Lisa Joy movie that's about a guy who uses technology to get to this, to figure out the mystery of this woman that he that he like, you know, has lost or whatever. And so I was like, oh, that yeah. feels like a very Philip K. Dick story. So I was like, let's do yeah. Adjustment Bureau. So it's Candyman and Adjustment Bureau. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the movies. So <laughs> um, join us next week. Follow us on social media. If you haven't, give us a like, give us a follow. The Film Buds, uh, we're pretty much the Film Buds everywhere or the Film Buds podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening. And as always, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.